Hello and welcome back to Future You, the podcast brought to you by graduate careers experts, Prospects. I'm your host, Emily Slade, and in this episode, I talk to a couple of people from within the world of journalism. Andrew Turner, who's a BBC local radio reporter, who's been with the BBC for 22 years, and Maddie Jennings, a journalism student at the University of Lincoln. They tell us a bit about their experiences and opportunities that they've had, why they love the subject, and hopefully you'll get a good idea as to whether you might Hi, I'm Maddie. I'm 22 and I'm a journalism student at the University of Lincoln. I specialise in broadcast journalism, which is what I want to get into when I graduate. And what made you want to study that? So when I was younger, I was quite nosy as a child. <laughs> um, so my mum always said, oh, you should be a journalist, you know, because then you can be nosy and get paid for it. Um, and that was when I was really young and I just kind of stuck, like never, I never really even considered anything else just kind of what I've always wanted to do um when I was younger I like wrote for publications online and stuff like volunteered for a YouTube publication called 1080 before that got shut down did that from like 2017 so I was like 15 when I started doing that um so yeah I did that and then I just knew that I always wanted to go to university to study it as well oh amazing is there any reason why you chose Lincoln specifically um, Lincoln was actually my insurance choice. <laughs> my top choice was Sheffield, but I am very happy that I actually went to Lincoln instead because mm. it's such a nice city. Like it's a, it's proper, it's a city university, but the city's so small that everything feels like a campus. So everything feels like it's all together, and yeah, it just feels really nice. Um, I really enjoy. I, I enjoy being there. I enjoy how small the course is, especially compared to other universities. There's only, I think between 30 and 50 people on my course. So we all get, you know, a lot of personal time with the tutors. So we know what we're, what we're doing. Um, we get a lot of personal feedback as well from the tutors. They all know who we are and like what we're about and what we're doing. So yeah, I, I'm glad I went to Lincoln in the end. Yeah. How many years is it? It's a three year degree. And what year are you on now? Third year at the moment. Okay, yeah. so what does that look like? Do you have a lot of sort of pre-professional opportunities coming up? Yes, so we have a whole module, which is, um, half you making a project and having to, so I'm doing documentaries, 10 minute documentary that we've got to make and you've got to come up with your idea, pitch it and then source all your material, edit it, um, produce it, present it yourself. So that's quite good at helping you build contacts. But then the other side of that module is work experience. So we get introduced to different employers, um, people who could potentially give us work experience, learn about different types of journalism so freelancing we learn about um what like staff contracts look like and all this kind of stuff so yeah it is really good and are you doing work on the side at the moment alongside your course yes i am so when i was in my about to begin my second year i heard that someone on my course had got a job at radio lincolnshire um and I was like, I want one of them. <laughs> so I emailed them, went for a chat and had a look around and then um, started by doing some shifts on a Sunday, which was like the folk show. So that wasn't, it wasn't too much caller interaction just to see how I got on. Um, so I did that and really enjoyed it. And now I work there um, when I'm in uni and then when I'm at home, I work at Radio Norfolk as well, um, where I just answer phones, um, cut audio, do whatever anyone wants me to do, basically. <laughs> yeah. But I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I imagine it's a good opportunity to sort of work in a real 
environment yeah it it definitely feels like real journalism so obviously we do a lot of it in practice at uni but i know that's not going out to many people um whereas here i'll like yesterday for example at radio norfolk i went out and did some vox popping so i went and um asked people about measles in the street and all the responses that I got I cut together and I knew that people were going to hear that this morning and it just felt so rewarding like knowing that what you're doing actually makes a difference yeah oh god absolutely incredible so what like I've been following you on x X. <laughs> Twitter, and uh, you've been all over the place these past few weeks. I have been. I have definitely been all over the place. Yeah. So I went to the Jeremy Vine show. Um, I've started freelancing there a little bit. I did some work experience in November, and then they reached out and asked if I wanted to come back and do some shifts. So I enjoyed that. And then I had two weeks work experience at Good Morning Britain as well in the last couple of weeks. So yeah, that was really good, really mm. interesting. I went on. I, I went in their input team output team I went in the gallery I went on the studio floor for this morning which is really cool Um, yeah so really enjoyed that so do you have a goal that you're aiming for once you graduate or are you just going to sort of see what opportunities fall into your lap so far I think I'm seeing what falls into my lap Um, I'm applying for like everything that comes up really Mm -hmm. because you never know you know I think I want to go into radio I'm pretty sure that's what I want to do but I'm also open to TV I know broadcast is what I want to do mm-hmm. overall but I'm not sure whether it's TV or radio yet I'm steering towards radio but I don't have much experience in TV so yeah who knows yeah that's exciting yeah what are you taking away from these different bits of work experience like what are you finding that you're learning the most definitely the dynamics of how these newsrooms work so like here and ra- even here in radio or radio norfolk and radio lincolnshire are so different they like the way that the teams p- are put together with editors and producers and um broadcast assistants and whatever it's so interesting like how everyone works together and and gets things to work so good morning britain it was so interesting to see how the planning team comes up with an idea like two weeks before they write a basic brief of the idea and book a guest then on the day before the input team takes it and then they write a whole two-page brief about it and contact the guests and then the output people cut all the videos for it and then they are there overnight and then in the morning they greet the guests it's just so weird how it all comes together from all these separate teams Mm. um i think that's what i'm really taking away from it and also like i don't know it's just just so many different jobs i never even realized like how many different jobs go into all these things i know people say like when you're listening to the radio or something they say oh yeah there's a big team behind this but you don't really think that there is there's like real people doing so many things to put something together it's really interesting yeah do you know if anyone else on your course are having similar experiences to you? Is this something that you've sought out yourself and then got access to? Or is everyone sort of feeling their way around the industry? Um, it's a bit of a mix. So people obviously getting work at um, the BBC local radio station, Radio Lincolnshire, where we go to uni. Um, quite a few people work there, but a lot of the opportunities that I get is um, I get a bursary alongside my uni from the Royal Television Society. Mm. So I applied for that when I was in my first year, 
just saw it online, decided might as well apply for it, need some money. <laughs> so um, they basically give me um, some money towards uni and then invite me to their networking events and I get to go for free. They pay for my travel and um, accommodation. So it's really good. That's how I met the editor of Good Morning Britain and I got work experience there. And then a couple of years ago, I did work experience at ABC News and their London newsrooms as well. So that's how I got that. Um, Radio 2 was just being annoying, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, and Radio Norfolk as well. That's just emailing people and just being like, hey, hey, <laughs> and not leaving them alone. Don't take no for an answer. Um, some people are getting similar things in uh, a lot of, well, there's, we have sports journalists on our course as well. So a lot of them are getting quite good work experience in their industries too. Our uni does have quite a few good connections as well, especially to like print. Um, publications so I know a lot of people are doing some stuff with with other print publications too so yeah it is good. What advice would you have for someone thinking about going into journalism is there a way that they can sort of get a tester as to whether they like the feel of it or not? Definitely I think you should do it for a start Um, (laughs) but also if you contact people who are already in the field like I don't know of I've never come across anyone who hasn't been willing to share how they do things what they do let you shadow them for a bit Um, I think that's definitely a really good way to see if you'd like it like when you actually get into it but also like volunteer publications there's so many online um of people just looking for other people to come and write for their publication or to do some video editing for them or whatever so if you just get involved in anything it's all going to be voluntary at that stage because you're just feeling out anyway um yeah i think that they are all really good pathways to get in I just really enjoy it. I think journalism is a really good course, even if you... A lot of people on my course have decided they don't actually want to get into journalism. Mm. Um, Some of them want to go down, like, the PR route and things like that. But it just brings so many transferable skills, if if it's in the form of writing, video editing, um, producing, even just talking to people. The amount we learn just about going outside and just, just talking to random people in the street, it builds your confidence so much. So... I would always recommend that anyone to study journalism, even if even if you're not entirely sure you want to do it, it'll definitely get you somewhere. So I think the story really began when I was in my early 20s. Um, I'd been working on the Sizewell B nuclear power station project for a company called GEC, the General Electric Company. And it was a job which was fascinating, but I actually got quite bored in engineering so I kind of dropped out of my training Uh, and before that I'd been through a myriad of jobs I'd gone through nine jobs in my first two years after leaving school at 16 but all of those things began to conspire to give me a fascination about people what makes people tick because those are all the things that journalists need to understand and can champion I knew three people who were journalists um in different parts of the UK. And I, I'd failed at school. I had no qualifications when I left school. I hated school and hated teachers and hated a teaching environment. But I, I dated a teacher, oddly enough. You'd, you'd never expect it after the time I had at school, but I did. But that kind of inspired me. I was in my, I think I was 22. Uh, I, I was learning at Ipswich College, City and Guilds, in hydraulics and pneumatics, two things we weren't taught by GEC. I was then encouraged to go back 
to maths and English evening classes, which I then took up at Lowestoft College. And from there, I was heading towards redundancy. You know, a fixed term construction project like a power station, you have to come to the end of the building someday. So I took early redundancy, took my redundancy money and went to college for a year on an access course. Now, an access for someone who doesn't know is the equivalent of two A levels. Two A levels? Three A levels. Yeah, two A levels in one year, I think. It's enough to get you into university. And it was designed for mature students. So I did that and then went to uni in Preston and studied journalism, thinking at 24 years old I was then, I haven't got time to mess around. I need a vocational degree. I haven't got time to study something like history or English and then learn journalism. I need to learn journalism from the outset of my studies now. I need to be serious and catch up on what I've lost since I was 16. And did it pay off? (laughs) Well, (laughs) it depends who you ask, doesn't it? Um, It did. So I did a combined honours degree, thinking that a journalist is more than journalism. And if you you look... Well, you you can be a journalist by technical ability, mm-hmm. but you need to have a knowledge and an understanding of society that you're in. But I studied politics and economics as well as journalism as equal thirds, so two modules of each through through the first year. Mm-hmm. Dropped one subject for my second, so major journalism, minor economics. Mm-hmm. And then in my elective in my third year, I had the opportunity of architecture and society. Uh, which I I love architecture and society is something I'll always be reporting on. So you can, I learned about politics, I learned about economics. I dropped politics because I I decided that economics actually is what governs policy. So I, I still believe that that's the case. Your built environment, where we live, is our housing fit for purpose? Have we got the community facilities? Have we got the heritage? Are we protecting the heritage where people take their reference points from? You know, you grow up somewhere and you've always had these landmarks or these industries which have shaped where you're from. It will shape who you are. So all of these things became interesting. And I think my degree gave me a good grounding for everything that I then needed to come out with and go into industry. That with the context of working with managers who are useless, working with customers who are difficult, working with people who you've got no interest in spending any time with, but you have to because you clock on together Mm -hmm. and you have to perform a function. I've worked in places where the environment has been really quite toxic, where people are unpleasant to each other. some of the the conditions that you see you can then start to look at how people are behaving how they're treated how they're respected where society starts to go wrong and you get some amazing insights with this job when you start looking at what other people do so let's talk about your job what is it that you do my first news editor told me that my job is to get the story and he didn't do it in the way of kind of like go out there and sell your body sell your soul don't misrepresent don't uh break the trust but allow yourself to be trusted and value that trust what is the most exciting thing about your job not knowing what you're going to deal with (laughs) never knowing whether you're going to have a laugh never knowing whether it's going to be something serious not knowing the impact of what that story being told will have It's not about me and what I do with a story. My job is to be the conduit, 
to allow someone, and especially this is what I like about radio, and I must say that having trained in newspapers, I never imagined news without pictures. Mm -hmm. And so getting into radio wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to get into, well, actually, I didn't like the daily newspaper in the group that I was working on. And that was the career path that was set before us to go from the weekly to the daily. And I hated that daily newspaper with a passion. So I was looking at jobs in ITV. Uh, I didn't think that I was BBC material. And perhaps I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I just survived 22 years somehow. I applied at Meridian in the south. I applied HTV in Cardiff. I applied to Anglia and didn't get any jobs. And my sister saw this job advertised uh, and I went for it. And it surprised me to go for radio and the BBC because of no pictures. But I learned that you can be a lot more descriptive in radio. You can use sounds, you can use emotion in voice to tell the story, to allow someone the freedom to tell their story in their words, in their time, quite often. And you haven't got pictures as a distraction. So you can shut your eyes or focus on only what is said or heard you don't need the pictures so yeah getting getting through to all those different ways of explaining the story the best that you can is in the time that you've got so you might get three minutes in radio but it might be a minute and a half in tv Mm -hmm. um it might be 700 words it might be 150 words online who knows there's different ways that audience digest things and so uh it's just a matter of knowing how best to get the information that you think someone would benefit from listening And it could be something that's inspirational. It could be something which is a leveller. It could be something which brings you to tears. Uh, I think one of the greatest compliments I had is a story that I did with uh, a woman I never imagined I'd get the story. It took me two years to get the story out of this woman. Um, She was a dominatrix. And she had a house where she would have people call and she would do various things to them for a set charge. And um, it was all very funny. In, in a way, because she was so candid about it. And it took me, I mean, she, she absolutely got me lost for words on several occasions. And it's like, how do you, I mean, I had a sleepless night even before I interviewed her. What's your first question? And I couldn't sleep because it was worrying me. The first question can make or break the whole thing. And my job, as Peter O'Reilly said, is to get the story. Morph don't distort yourself out of all recognition don't become something that you're not but you've got to morph yourself so she tells her story and that could be a homeless person one day it could be a lord of the manor the next you've got to morph and get yourself into the plane where they will speak to you so the first question i had for her can you guess did you ever expect to live the life you've lived and the second question followed any regrets no she said I had a whale of a time and that got the whole thing going so the first question can cost you the whole thing so you need to be careful of that because if someone just switches off and I've I've had colleagues in the past on the radio where they asked a duff question and it was a celebrity on the phone. They just hung up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the line just went dead live on the radio. <laughs> it's like you asked an absolutely idiotic question mm-hmm. and someone has called you out and hung up live on the radio. And it's like, you know what? As much as I loved that colleague, it was like, that was a bad move, you know? 
So yeah, there, there, there are consequences of getting it right. Work experience, 1995. Norwich Crown Court, 79-year-old man accused of holding his 39-year-old estranged wife at knife point. I was in court on day three when the verdict was passed, was returned by the jury. Everything that had been written in the newspaper where I had been shadowing on work experience made it look like he was guilty. He was acquitted. And the journalist who had written these things, based on what's heard in court, she kind of believed that he was guilty, so it was written in a salacious way. She had to approach him afterwards to see if he would talk to her, give her the exclusive. After what you've written about me, no. And I go to court, in fact, even today, I was, I was filming at a school where there's a teacher who is in court for sentencing next week, and I, I went and knocked on, you know, on the reception, and I said to the receptionist, I said, look, this is who I am. This is where I work. This is what I'm doing. I'm speaking to parents outside the school. I'm on a public highway, so technically they can't stop me because I'm not on their premises. But I just wanted to be accountable for who I was and show my face, and there's some journalists who won't do that. I gave them my phone number and my email and said, if you want to get in touch and tell me you know, your side, please do. I go to court. Sometimes I speak to the families of the defendants or the families of the victims, or uh, and, and I say to them, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. This is how you can get hold of me if you don't like what you see of what I've written from this court case. I will stand up to criticism, but I will also tell you that when I come to court, and for anyone who's studying journalism who doesn't know the process of court, this is a brilliant way to explain things to people. Sometimes people will say, oh, you reported that wrong. You know, that's not what really happened. The victim of a crime or the perpetrator of a crime, they know the true story. Okay, even if they're lying to themselves or lying in court, they know the truth because they lived it. Someone then writes a book, the book gets made into a stage play, and court is the stage. Court is theatre. And effectively, as a court reporter, I am a theatre critic. So I can't reply, I can't report what happened in real life, or even what happened in the book, because the police. Crown Prosecution Service, the defence, might not use everything that's in the book. And they might not have been told everything that happened in real life because someone's trying to protect someone else. So I am the theatre critic and court is theatre. And not to report anything outside of what happens on that stage in theatre is a contempt of court. So I just explain it to people like that. You might not think this is what really happened, but I'm limited to the evidence that the jury hears and I can only report what the jury hears. Once the court has reached its verdict, then I can tell you what really happened in real life, if you're prepared to talk to me then, and often people aren't. But if someone is found guilty, you can tell the lot. And why not? Why not? So your job is to trust, is to build trust, so that when the person comes out of court, guilty or innocent, Victim who is, uh, well, it's more difficult when someone is found not guilty because you can't say that someone did commit a crime when a court has found them innocent. That's scandalizing the court and that's a contempt which could land you in prison. But what you can do after a court case, uh, you could have a, a victim of crime says the sentence wasn't tough enough. That's fair. Uh, 
you can also go to the victim and say will you tell me your story if you've built up a rapport if you've told them who you are what you're going to do how you're going to do it where they can find your reports and how they can complain if they think you've got it wrong they're much more likely to come to you with their story and trust you because you've been open and honest and accountable and i think that's a that's one thing that i routinely do and it served me well and i'd 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 recommend it to anyone starting out um and then you flip it you know, again, earlier this afternoon, I was out with, with one of our young reporters and just helping her with a bit of content. I suppose, yeah, get, really about confidence about approaching people in the street, but also just how to you know, go about getting people to tell their stories and whatever. And we were absolutely sat on our backsides. It was, you know, the, the, the interviews were about people's adventures, telling us about their adventures. And we'd spoken to one couple and they'd blown their budget and they'd had all this amazing time, you know, a year traveling around Asia and Africa. And then we spoke to another guy and it's like he, he, he didn't look like he was much of an adventurer. He was much older and um, we possibly had an opinion. But I said to this colleague, I said, always be prepared to be surprised. And this guy was like, oh, he said, well, I'm going to go to India next. And he said, I've been to Africa. I've been all over Europe and I'm going to India. Why are you going to India? He said, oh, I'm going to go to the Varanasi because that's where that's where people go before they die. It's like, well, you're not thinking about dying, are you? You know, <laughs> it's like you can ask those questions if you ask it in the right way. And I said, don't be frightened. I said to this colleague of mine, don't be frightened to push boundaries, to be cheeky. Don't be disrespectful. But you can be cheeky if it's appropriate and you can see what the results are and back to that mess room at Sizewell, you're going to either fire into life and I'm going to wonder what the hell has hit me or you're going to tell me the most amazing story. And when they do that, when they trust you with their story, sometimes you hit a bit of gold. Hopefully that's been a helpful insight into the world of journalism and given you an idea of whether it might be for you or not. If you do want to find out more, head to prospects.ac.uk and search journalism. There you'll find job profiles and course options. Make sure to give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at podcast at prospects.ac.uk or find us on Instagram and TikTok. All the links are in the description. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.